Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the CSIS Cybersecurity Podcast Series. My name is Katrina Timlin, and I am a research assistant with the Technology and Public Policy Program at CSIS. Tom Kellerman is the Vice President of Security and Government Affairs for Core Security. In this role, he is responsible for helping industry and government partners reduce risk and improve security practices and policies. He is also a professor at American University's School of International Service. Mr. Kellerman, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Do your public and private clients require fundamentally different cyber solutions and have different conceptions of cybersecurity? They do. Uh, My clients are much more proactive than most because our capability that we endow them with allows them to assess their security posture before being exploited. Um, The penetration testing capabilities and ethical hacking capabilities that we train them on and empower them with allow them to get greater situational awareness as to the attack paths that can and will be leveraged against enterprises before they're exploited. Mm -hmm. On February 7th, the Wall Street Journal reported that the NASDAQ OXM Group, the company which operates the NASDAQ Stock Exchange, had been infiltrated. Hackers gained access to its director's desk web application, a system where corporate leaders share confidential documents. NASDAQ reported that its actual trading platform was not breached, but the non-public inside information could potentially be used to gain an illegal trading edge. What is the effect of this hack on the financial community? I think it brings into light uh, much of what's been going on for years in the financial sector. For years, the financial sector has been targeted by the elite hacker crews emanating out of Eastern Europe and Southeast Asia, Crews that are leveraging multi-vector attacks against sensitive financial systems and specifically third parties that provide managed and or shared IT services to financial institutions. The NASDAQ case illustrates two things. Uh, One is an awareness of how the financial sector operates and specifically an awareness as to what applications and or critical infrastructures that exist within critical infrastructures can be utilized for transit points to gain comparative advantage and to manipulate the markets. Mm-hmm. And how are companies interpreting or th- these events in terms of new security measures or actions they're taking? Uh, many organizations are becoming aware to the reality that it's critical for them to scrimmage their defenses before being exploited, but more importantly, they are actually taking a closer look at the third parties to whom they connect and the third party applications to which they connect uh, as trusted lines of communications and evaluating whether or not those applications and or third parties can be utilized as beachheads into their systems. Some organizations are moving their data remotely to the cloud and will this event or other instances, will that play a significant role in that, in hesitancy to move in that direction? The cloud um, is surrounded by mythology. The cloud will improve the security posture of organizations that have a non-mature security division. That being said, the cloud can bring a small to medium-sized corporation to a greater level of security, and the cloud can assist in defeating distributed denial of service attacks. However, the enemy does not want to wage digital Pearl Harbor against our organizations. The enemy against critical infrastructures and against the U.S. government wants to infiltrate and colonize your electronic assets. And from that perspective, the cloud is a panacea for your adversaries. The cloud not only 
destroys your concept of parameterization around your assets, but it also has critical vulnerabilities. To give you a, an analogy, it is very similar to the concept of mailboxes in an apartment building. Before, a hacker used to hack each individual mailbox one at a time to gain the sensitive data that existed within. Within the cloud, it's much like being the postman and being able to open the entire wall of mailboxes at one time. If your neighbor's mailbox has cockroaches, so too does yours. And that being said, beyond the issues of territoriality and sovereignty, forensically, the cloud will become the one-stop shop for elite hacker crews in the coming days. And we've seen exploit code already developed, like cloud, Cloudburst for the hypervisor component of the cloud and many other exploits that have been written for VMware. So I would suggest that before we all move to the cloud, a greater attention be paid to a sufficient and holistic risk assessment of what the cloud might be. We don't want the cloud becoming the Roman roads in 213 BC. Recently, major stock exchanges have initiated a series of mergers. The London and Toronto stock exchanges have agreed to merge, and the New York stock exchange is in negotiations with the German stock exchange Deutsche Börse. Does this complicate cybersecurity in the financial world? Yes, tremendously. It complicates it, first and foremost, in the concept of mergers and acquisitions. The due diligence process is flawed in the current environment. The due diligence process currently does not incorporate the operational risk, exacerbation of operational risk, when you connect two foreign networks to one another. Many times, financial institutions that have purchased or merged with other banks have been compromised because the networks to whom they've merged were already backdoored by an adversary. It is significantly important that during the merger due diligence process that organizations conduct robust penetration testing of the thir third parties and the party that will be purchased and or merged prior to engaging with a connection of those networks. Should we be concerned about how dependent the stock markets are on computer systems and high-speed digital transactions? Very much so, uh, as illustrated in the events of April last year. Mm -hmm. um, the supercomputers, the EMC supercomputers, symmetric computer systems that are, are being utilized to process, I think, over 70% of high-value trades, uh, can be remotely compromised um, only by very sophisticated adversaries. But if you think about, you know, opportunity costs and, and the realities of you know, high reward and low risk of attribution and, and enforcement, one should appreciate that the glitches that we hear about are actually uh, remote code execution within systems. And so I think greater attention needs to be paid to the security of those systems, but more importantly, let's recognize and appreciate one simple fact um, of 9-11, and that is that tragic day should have illustrated to us that non-state actors will use technology against our critical infrastructures. And more importantly, even though Wall Street continued to operate because of business continuity and redundancy and resiliency, that same redundancy and resiliency creates a cybersecurity quagmire because now there are many more points to ingress. I can attack your big backup data center. I can attack your remote users. I can attack your wireless transmission layer. All the things that, from a kinetic perspective, maintain resiliency, heighten my exposure to attack. You mentioned um, very, the very sophisticated adversaries. Could you go into a bit more detail? Uh, in recent years, there's been an explosion of sophistication within the hacker crews. There are thousands of very sophisticated hacker crews, many of which are utilized as proxies for state actors. More importantly, we need to 
appreciate that in today's landscape, one does not need to know how to build a gun in order to pull the trigger. So many times, and many of the weapons that are necessary for multi-vector staged attacks against systems are out there, and all they need is zero-day exploit code and or sufficiently prolific rootkits to create the advanced persistent threat within these systems. The weapons are there. It's a virtual arms bazaar. It's similar to the movie Lord of War. And that being said, people are just becoming more proficient at specializing in becoming snipers in this space. Uh, the non-state actor problem in cyberspace, the mercenary for hire or mercenary for services phenomenon, could very well become the greatest historical challenge of regimes in the next 10 years because the asymmetrical capabilities provided to non-state actors via cyberspace will inevitably destabilize most of the developing world uh, through capability and or through uh, money laundering and financing of their acts of kinetic warfare against the regime. Great. Well, thank you for joining us here and taking the time to conduct a podcast for the CSIS Technology and Public Policy Program. Thank you very much.